Hello and good afternoon. Before we begin the episode today, Callum and I, Callum isn't present as I'm editing the episode, so you'll just have to put up with my voice, (laughs) would like to let you know that today, this is the final episode of season two. We would like to express our fondest gratitude to all our listeners who have tuned in over seasons one and two, and indeed to our guests, without whom our episodes would be a lot less diverse. If you've been a guest for us in the past two seasons, thank you. We truly appreciate your time and contribution to our work. Both seasons one and two have been produced back to back. Now, however, it's time for us to take a break. We're not sure how long this break will be at present. However, we would like to reassure you that the Therapy Files podcast will return with season three in the future, bigger and better with lots of guests and interesting topics. Until such a time, please enjoy today's episode. And remember, while we're away, it's always important to think reflect and grow. Good evening and welcome to The Therapy Files. I'm here with my colleague Callum and this is episode 13, if that's right. It is. Lucky for some. Excellent. So, how are you this evening, Callum? Are you well? I am I am very well, Craig. I'd like to announce to our listeners as well that we are, of course, always sponsored by Swanshaw as well. Um, do check them out. They're absolutely wonderful. Would you like to do the finest purveyors bit, Craig? Because I struggle oh, yes. with my words. Yes. If you need a kitchen or a shop front, consider Swanshaw. They are the finest purveyors of such delights. <laughs> Just yeah. absolutely outstanding. That was absolutely outstanding. Um, so today, Craig, we are talking about the great dictators. Yes, I'm interested a bit in this. And I'm interested in it in the sense that I'm wondering why you selected that topic. What was it that drew you towards the idea of dictators, Callum? Well, it was, I suppose, having a background in criminology and I've always found, you know, obviously I'm very politically motivated. I find it really interesting. And I suppose that... Naturally, those two things come come in come into play, don't they? Really, Craig. I guess that's guess that's really what it is. Um, obviously, do. working with you, I, I class you as a dictator, so I suppose that makes it even more interesting. It's funny, I class you as one as well. Oh, there you go. Then we are perfect. Two dictators as one. Um, but yeah, I think it's something we absolutely need to look into because I think I think it's something that. Uh, not many podcasts really cover and you know we, we see a lot of stuff you know we, we've spoke about ourselves on serial killers and stuff like that but I think this is really relevant for people at the moment particularly with the issues going on in Palestine as well right now you know with Israel and um, mm. North Korea you know various parts of the world and um, Belarus you know there's a lot of there's a lot of places that are still living under dictatorship you know Russia even um, potentially the US we're trying to see what Mr. Biden's going to be like after Mr. Dictator Trump has left. So we, we shall I mean, see. hopefully he's going to be better than Donald Trump, but um, one can never tell. Absolutely, you are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. So, would you like to see, would you like to start us off, Craig, and give us that read the quote out about um, dictators, what they are? Yes. So, a dictator can be defined as the ruler of a country whose authority has become self-serving as opposed to that of the people. 
Dictators vary from one to another due to cultural environment factors, and that was according to Ezra and France in 2011. They argue that, no, they don't argue. Their book was called, (laughs) (laughs) their book was called Dictator and Dictators Understanding Authoritarian Regimes and the Leaders. That was so well done, Greg. You should give a pat on the back for that one. Thank you. There wasn't there wasn't a single mistake there at all. I know. Would you like me to read the next bit? Sure, by all means. So I think I think I think obviously on the back of that, Craig, I think it's important that we also look at how dictators often use violence, propaganda, and fear to spread the message of their totalitarianism. Dictators often strive to meet a collective idea, whether this is an idea or self-indulgence. And that's from Overy and Overy 2005. Their book's called The Dictators, Hitler. Germany and Stalin's Russia, Hitler's Germany and Stalin's Russia. Um, And World Population Review um, estimate that there are currently 50 dictators presently ruling around the world. Uh, I mean, what does that say to you, Craig, as somebody as obviously, I suppose, I I don't know if I'd go as far as to say we're living under dictatorship. I mean, I certainly think that under the Conservative government, we've certainly every now and then almost stepped into that, you know, particularly with them recently trying to ban protesting and um, particularly how how the police have been used by the Conservative in the past, you know, particularly with the minors. Um, what, what do you think on that, Craig? I mean, in terms of dictators, I mean, I think it goes to show that there are still different ways of thinking in the world, especially if there are fifty of them present in the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think I don't like the idea that everybody should conform to somebody's idea. I think everybody should be free to be who they want to be, and that should be supported and encouraged. Um, I am not a fan of dictators. Um, and of course, oh, dear listener, I don't think many, I don't, I don't think many people are. <laughs> I was entirely joking when I said that Callum reminded me of a dictator, um, as was he with me. No, I wasn't. <laughs> are we really going to argue while we're recording a podcast? <laughs> I'm joking, dear listener. He's he's I would I'd call him more uh, megalomania as opposed as opposed to as opposed, as opposed to dictator. He's okay. Borderline narcissism, aren't you, Craig? Borderline narcissist. Um I would say a hard no, but <laughs> that might be up for debate. <laughs> Anyway, moving on, uh, our dictator Craig, as um I was saying, sorry, so graciously, what were you saying before I interrupted you? Um about the importance of free speech and freedom mm-hmm. to be who one wants to be and if if people um are under the rule of a dictator then that is not possible because they have a very narrow field of view and vision and only Absolutely. their only their way will do and it's slightly concerning that at least 50 dictators are present i mean as you say in palestine stuff that's going on at the moment is shocking and it's, it breaks my heart that so many people have died or are still dying from the, from the repercussions of it all. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing I would say if we have, you know, if there are already Palestinian listeners, you know, currently, but my heart really does go out to you and that we do really hope that someday you will be free from such horrendous oppression. It, it really is. There are no words to describe uh, what's going on right now and what has been going on for so long. And, you know, people have been able to get away with it. And I think that's the key thing, isn't it, Craig, with, with dictatorships is that um, 
there's a, certainly a longevity to them. They're very rarely, they're very rarely a brief thing. They normally last for a very long time. And I think, like you very eloquently said before, it removes that individualism, isn't it? We all aspire almost underdictated to a collective, an idea of that that is the dictator's idea. That, that, like you say, it's their way or the highway. And if you don't, like I said before in the quote, if you don't meet that, you'll be met with violence or certain death, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. But I'm intrigued. I'm going to put this question out to you there. Um, Go ahead. Do you have a particular favourite dictator or a particular dictator that interests you specifically above all yeah. others? I think, <laughs> I think, I think favourite is probably a, strong, a bit of a strong word. But, um, I mean, there's certainly certain ones that, that stand above the rest. You know, Idi Amin's a great example of that. You know, when Uganda gained independence from obviously UK colonialism. Um, I think that was really interesting how he, you know, um, oppressed people. You know, he was obviously a military leader. He had no experience in politics. He had a very great love of violence. And, um, you know, what I don't know if you know much about him, Craig, but he basically made a lot of Indian people who were living in Uganda flee the country and leave because obviously they weren't Ugandan nationality. And once they had left, you Uganda's economy, sorry, Uganda's economy collapsed because a lot of um, things like convenience stores in Uganda were Indian. Um, so people lived under great um, famine for a long time due to, due to his negligence. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know much about many dictators, to be honest. Mm -hmm. This is more your uh, interest. Uh, it's not to say that I'm not interested, uh, but my knowledge on said subject beyond people like Hitler is very, very limited um, because I stopped studying history, I think, in year nine. And I haven't specifically studied history or uh, historic events for quite some time. But of course, we do have to take a, uh, an interest in history for literary and social contexts. Um, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And you're absolutely right. That is where I need to try and bring more knowledge into it, I suppose. Definitely. But I would say that my knowledge is limited in terms of dictators. No, that makes that makes absolute sense. And you asked me before, kind of about the um, about my, my not favourites, but per se interest. I'd certainly say Mao Zedong, Zedong was a, another massive kind of thing for me. You know, obviously I'm a Marxist at heart. You know, Karl Marx is a massive influence of mine. You know, his Communist Manifesto, and it was for Mao as well. And Mao, when um, when Mao very much took China under his own under his own wing after he fought to get to the top, and again caused tremendous pain and suffering across China that is still being um, felt to this very day. He also made his own manifesto called uh, Maoism. You know, we have Marxism, he had Maoism, and he had his own little red book like like Marx did, um, and you know caused horrendous horrendous devastation and suffering across China as well. Mm -hmm. um, and China is still under a dictatorship under Jinping at the moment, so it just kind of shows you under President Jinping. So it shows that there's still um, that longevity we spoke about is still is still spoken about. I mean, um, I'm, on that topic, uh, something that was aired on the news this week is that China is now allowing families to have three children. Mm. Um, I mean, I think that gives them more freedom at the moment, but. Mm. Why should there be a limit anyway? Well, that's the point, isn't it, Craig? I mm. think that's that's the whole point. Is that's not a good thing. I mean, I suppose it's a good thing in terms of yes, because we can have more children, but that that um, that number shouldn't be on them in the first place, if that makes any sense. And absolutely. the fact that they're ruled that way is absolutely terrifying. And you know, I, I remember speaking to um, a woman who who 
I knew quite well. She actually ran the local chippy down the, the thingy from me, but she grew up in um, Shanghai. But on the outskirts of Shanghai, she was saying to me it was quite common to see dead babies in the streets um, when oh, she was younger because 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 when because when they went through what they did um, when, when they had childbirth, that the baby had to be killed. If it was a girl, particularly, I think. Yes, if it was a girl, yes. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't imagine ever killing a child, let alone whatever their gender is. Um, if if we were in that situation, I, I just wouldn't be able to do it. Of course, absolutely. Um, um, obviously, we spoke about Mao Zedong and Idi Amin. I was just going to mention some other ones out to you now, Craig. Just let me know if, if any of these ring a bell to you or, or bring anything up to you. Obviously, we've got Bo Saka, who was the head of the Central African Republic. Mm -hmm. uh, Bo Saka was inherently narcissistic, created a lot of um, a lot of oppression, a lot of... Um, he had like, he's become a bit of a comedy factor in the West because he created a, a fair few kind of festivals in his name that ended up bankrupting the company and nobody turned up to them, which I always found quite amusing. There's also a gold, uh, I think a gold throne he had made, um, mm. which people can still go and see. Now it's made of solid gold as well, but again, it bankrupted the country. Uh, obviously, we have Stam Hussein, who obviously is a very notorious Iraq, Iraqi dictator. Yeah. Um horrendous war crimes that he committed, you know, towards Iran, towards uh, Kuwait. Um, you know, again, there was, he was, I think he was the only other thing to use uh, chemical warfare, uh, mm -hmm. use Tushon, um, otherwise known as mustard gas, which even Adolf Hitler shied away from using on the battlefield. So he captured eventually when his dictatorship came to reign, he was hanged by the, by the Iraqi people um, mm -hmm. after the US had caught him. Obviously, we've got um, Fidel Castro from Cuba. Mm. I'm not going to lie, missile. I thought he was a football player. Who's that? Sorry, Fidel Castro. I oh, thought, really? I thought he was a football player originally um, when I was younger, uh, but obviously, I think I was uh, mixing in mixing him up with was it Caravaggio? Yes, He's a football think, yeah. player. Yeah, Caravaggio, or is that yeah, an artist? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm a quite a big football fan. I don't, don't recognise Caravaggio. That was quite. A, quite I think it might be an artist. I think huh, it was Canavero. It was Canavero who was a football player. Unless I'm playing for Real Madrid, Sergio Aguero, or whatever his name Sergio. is, <laughs> Sergio Aguero. <laughs> yes, perhaps. Um, yeah, maybe. Craig, Craig save a comic. Craig save a comic relief today, aren't you, Craig? Uh, yeah, I, I need some <laughs> comic relief. <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on. Um, Indeed. Obviously, have you heard of Fran uh, Francisco Fran Franco from Spain before, Craig? I have heard of him briefly by name. But in terms of his history, I don't know a lot. Again, he ruled Spain for quite a long time. Again, of course, horrendous oppression. Um, pure pure evil, actually, for the least I can say. Obviously, I'm sure you've heard of the Kim Dynasty, Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-il and Kim Jong-un. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, from North Korea, we know that very probably, probably the most popular dictators, aren't they? You know, in terms of UK, uh, probably worldwide, particularly presently, there's been a lot of kind of filmography, a lot of memes, as we call them now, uh, kind of done on Kim Jong-un and, and um, the, obviously the missiles, the, 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 the nuclear warfare that he's been um, creating as well. Um, obviously, Joseph Stalin, I'm sure you've heard of him, you know, again, yes. inspired by yeah. communism. He, was, he worked under Lenin, um, took over from Lenin after Lenin passed away. Um, 
And uh, well, we saw what he did, caused a massive famine in Russia, which led to cannibalism. Um, obviously, again, killed so many people, believe so many spies were after him. It was absolutely horrendous time for, for Russian people to live underneath that. Um, mm-hmm. Paul Pop from Cam- Cambodia is another example, you know, uh, wanted to bring, you know, he actually studied in Paris, in France, um, back to um, their, obviously, I guess what he called their roots. He wanted back to farming, um, obviously again killed so many people we've heard of the cambodian killing fields you know people were murdered there uh, mussolini who created fascism was adolf hitler's idol um papa doc from um, from haiti yeah papa doc was um he was very inspired by voodooism um he believed himself to be a reincarnation of a voodoo spirit again he oppressed the haitian people collected all the money for himself and murdered countless people uh, i think for over a 40 year period um mm. and obviously we have the probably the most famous dictator in history who you mentioned before craig is adolf hitler who under the guise of socialism took control of germany and built the nazi regime under the german workers party mm. and obviously we don't need to say too much more about adolf hitler about what he did but i wanted to just say to you craig i, I mean that's just a couple of the people from history you know we've not, we've not even gone um mm. deep into the past of people like you know genghis khan and um you know you know, thinking, thinking about thinking of ideas napoleon you know people like that uh, what what comes up from you when we were talking about all that just a lot of destruction and unpleasantness and a lot of unhappiness really for pe- for mm. people who have lived under that um those regimes particularly adolf hitler i mean we everybody will know about adolf hitler and what he's done um but it really honestly surprises me that he actually got into German government mm-hmm. and it just surprises me that he got voted in as the Prime Minister um, and I, I'm just aghast with what happened really oh absolutely in terms, in terms of modern day dictators Craig about like North Korea and say Russia right now under under Putin and um, or Putin should I say um you know, what, what kind of comes up for you for that? You know, kind of the idea that, you know, I mean, maybe not North Korea per se, but particularly in the West, you know, we look at we look at kind of Russia's obviously part of Europe I mean, and Belarus. I mean, what, what comes up for you regarding that, Craig? The idea that, you know, so close to home, there is that, that, that idea that, you know, dictators still exist and people are still living under such, such, such oppression. I think it's terrifying. I think it's terrifying. It really is. We've got people who are their lives are being controlled by others and they're not able to make free choice or have any kind of free will. Um, And I can imagine that it would only negatively impact one's mental health if every move you make is being controlled by somebody um, who is a lot more powerful than yourself. And I suppose we could relate our current government here in England as control of things. Um, but obviously they would have to they have to take control of things in terms of that uh, to make sure that everybody is safe. But I think to an extent it is becoming a little bit problematic because I don't even think they're handling it well, um, let alone doing it right if you know what i mean yeah of course i do of course i do and it's, it's really uh, it's really distressing isn't it Craig, to kind of 
to see what people live under. You know, you look at the Kim dynasty, for example, in the North Korea, you yeah. know, the absolutely horrendous, horrendous oppression that they live under, that kind of, you know, they truly believe that the supreme leader has their best ideas at heart, that he really loves them, when actually, like most dictators, you know, it's self-serving and actually it's all about himself. In know? a way, it's false class consciousness, isn't it? Of course it is. The absolutely. idea that false class consciousness is sort of like an idea that everything is perfect and everybody's made to believe that everything's fine. But really, the wool is being pulled over their eyes. And absolutely. People yeah. are being silenced. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you've, you've nailed You've absolutely nailed it, Craig. And I think, you know, there's, I mean, not all, certainly not all dictatorships, but a lot of them, such as, uh, you know, Cuba, uh, China, uh, North Korea, Russia, you know, there's, I mean, and I very proudly, I'm a socialist. And, you know, what one thing I would say to you is that, these these um, these countries certainly go under the guise of communism and socialism, mm. um, but they're I suppose what you would call in Marxist terms authoritarian communism, where um, they they preach equality and that everybody's the same. When actuality, they couldn't be further from the truth that they are actually oppressed beyond belief, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Yes, uh, it's just not right. It doesn't sit right with me, um, and I wish there was something I could do about it. But as a therapist in training, I am frequently reminded that we're not here to fix people's problems. We're just here to listen. Um, And sometimes listening can be really hard, especially when we've got backgrounds in socialism and sociology and gender studies. And we know what's right. And when a client is presenting with a set of difficult circumstances, for example, if they were under a dictator, um, there is nothing we can do. No, <laughs> um, you're absolutely right. And it's terrifying to think that, I mean, as, as a person, let alone a therapist, it, I feel a bit helpless, really. Definitely. And it's something you may come under, Craig, more than you think. You know, I've worked with people who have, who have, been under dictator i worked with somebody who was um, under the libyan dictator colonel Gaddafi. um you know mm. before he was killed uh, before he was dethroned and you know the, the libyan people lived in real in massive fear for their lives and you know that that's still happening now you know and i think that whilst yes of course we're there to listen great but i suppose there's something about as well that politics do belong in the counseling room and that you are entitled to give your opinion on something if it, if it really pains you if, if you if you get what i mean i think that pure person sense of counseling wouldn't be enough for just you know i think that i think it's about what like what proctor said that counseling is very relevant for the for the counseling room you know politics i was just is very looking relevant. for my copy of proctor um and i can't locate it not that the listeners can see it but i was going to wave it at you <laughs> you can put the link in the, you can put the link in the description yes um but i think we should do a we should do it justice and give proctor her own episode really I think we well, I did contact that. her. Do you, do you remember? I did contact her and she said no. Did she say no? Right, okay. Well, she said they say no. She said this sounds amazing, but she couldn't squeeze it in. Mm, right. Sadly. Well, I think we should at least cover Proctor in a separate episode because she's, great she's really good. So, yeah. I think that's a brilliant idea, Craig. Um in terms, of, in terms of yourself, Craig, you know, obviously I know you say you're not particularly up on dictators and stuff like that, but in terms of kind of like sociology, you know, I know, you, I know you've got a background in that. I know you obviously did English literature. Did that never really come up in there? I just found that really interesting, particularly in sociology. I mean, that, that we, we did a lot of Marxism. We did a lot of Marxism in the first year. Um, but as you know, I was particularly drawn to feminism. So that's probably why I wasn't um, 
so particularly focused on Marx himself, although there is Marxist feminism, but we can critique Karl Marx for not including women mm-hmm. or being particularly feminist. Um, that is one particular criticism of Marx that I particularly remember one of my lecturers arguing uh, in first year. I was sat Absolutely. in the best building in the big lecture theatre and uh, he was like, there's no feminism in Karl Marx. There should be, but there's not. <laughs> Which is surprising, isn't it, for somebody who created the actual, you know, it's brilliant, and, and he is absolutely, you know, I love Karl Marx, as brilliant as, mm. um, you know, I very much class myself as a Marxist, as, you know, as, as brilliant as he is, and considered everybody equal, he clearly didn't feel that same way about women, or if he did, he certainly didn't articulate it, did he? No, no. Um, but, I mean, Karl Marx can be seen in terms of his influence in terms of Manchester. Uh, mm-hmm. We can actually. Well, he wrote go- some of the manifesto there, didn't he? As well he in did. Manchester, he did. We can actually go and see exactly where he sat at John Ryland's library. I have visited John Ryland's library a number of times, and I actually really enjoy it. It's a lovely space. Have you been, Callum? I have not, Craig, but I will. I will go now. You've now you have suggested it. I, don't I really do libraries. You. I must admit, there's, t- there's too many people. I mean, it's a very quiet library. I mean, true. Yeah, true. Most, I mean, most libraries are, aren't they? In fairness, I probably should. I probably should uh, venture out to one. Um, I should have, though, thinking of my my previous experiences in them. Uh, just not for me, I'm afraid. Do you know? It honestly surprises me that we never actually came across each other in the library. A couple of we times. did. You ignored me. Did I? No, you didn't. No, you ignored <laughs> me in the. You ignored me at um, Starbucks. I thought that's where I met you. You did meet me at Starbucks, but you ignored me there. But why did? No, you didn't. Know. No, dear, listen, he didn't. He didn't. Know. He didn't. He he didn't ignore me. He, he he. We had a lovely conversation, then he forgot me, which is probably even worse, actually. I'm going to therapy about this. <laughs> I'm going to therapy about it. Good. And uh, my my counselor says I need to forgive myself in order to. Um, move forward with Callum's relationship. So you cancel them, I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving I'll on. We'll be back after these messages.
Welcome back to The Therapy Files. I am, of course, joined by my colleague, Callum, and you're returning to Hello. episode 13. How was your break, Callum? It was very refreshing. Thank you, Craig. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, I thought we'd start part two with examples of tyranny. I mean, we can see one major example is North Korea. It screams tyranny. I mean, the idea that people are controlled under, who is it now? Is it Kim Jong-il? Kim Jong-un. Is he Kim Jong-il's dad, isn't he? Um, Yeah, um, that's his dad. Kim Jong-un. I mean, there's just so much tyranny. (laughs) Tyranny. It's, It's terrible. And I just, it's, I don't like what he does. I don't like the fact that he controls how many kids they have, what kind of things they do, what kind of things they eat. It's shocking. It really is. And the death camps. Indeed. And that's just like Hitler all over again, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Um, But then we've had the USA under the Trump administration, which I don't think needs any um, much... I, I was going to say to you, I've interest. Got, sorry to interrupt you, Craig. What, what do you think of the Capitol riots? You know, in terms, in terms of, would, would you call that a d- dictatorship? Because a lot of people were saying so, and to me, I would say so. What, what do you uh, think? You know, with, with the whole encouraging the riots, I found that quite disturbing that riots happened because it's scary for people who weren't rioting. I mean, I don't get why they were rioting because it, well, the, the, the whole point of why they were attacking the Capitol was because Trump had, had, had lied about election fraud, wasn't it? Well, he did, yeah. Um, but you can see that they're angry, but maybe that wasn't the best use of anger. Yeah, of course. Well, that's an understatement, isn't it? I think, I think what, what I was kind of getting at, Craig, though, would you say what Trump did there was, was, dict- was, was dictator-like? I mean, yes, I would. I would. Definitely. Go on, any more examples anyway on the back of that? Uh, so we've got Belarus, um, which is uh, Lukash- Lukashenko. Lukashenko? Yeah. Yeah. No idea what Lukashenko did. Their leader. What? Their leader. Oh, right. Okay. I have no idea what Lukashenko did. There you go. Oh, <laughs> still doing. What is he still doing? So there's a lot of tyranny at the moment. He's the president, obviously, he's the, he's the president of Belarus. Um, obviously, at the moment, what, what he's done more recently is they actually bought a, they hijacked a plane, um, which had somebody who spoke about against Belarus's um, oppression on there just to bring it back. Um, the people live under constant fear of violence. Um, and obviously, as well, people aren't really free to be themselves either. And he's been in office for over, uh, since 1994 as well. So he's refusing to leave Um the power, which is obviously that again, that idea of megalomania as well. Um, you know, mm, mm, definitely. Well, that's like where power goes to the brain, and he that's gets right. high off it, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thought so. Yeah. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Um, but there's places like Turkey and Saudi Arabia, and there's just so much conflict in in places like that. It's like there's they're almost like war zones, aren't they? And particularly, yeah, I mean, particularly in, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia under the Prince regime, isn't it? And then places like Baghdad and, and things like that. I mean, there's still fighting going on over there, and it's mm-hmm. it's senseless, senseless. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then, of course, we've got dear Uncle Boris, as you would undoubtedly call him. He is not a relative of mine, dear listener, but Callum likes to believe he is. That he, is. he absolutely is. Craig's a proud conservative, aren't you, Craig? I am not. Absolutely. All right. Will you, will you come from a, come, admit that you come from a long line of proud conservatives then? Uh, I do. I do. Yes. But, but interestingly, my uncle used to vote conservatives. Uh, he used to vote for conservatism. And actually now he votes Labour. Oh, that's good. Or, uh, actually, very, very... I don't know whether it went vice versa. He could have voted for Labour and gone conservative. But I don't know because I don't really have the facts. So, okay. anyway, but there you go. So, this episode is just me. Well, hopefully, 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 just hopefully Craig's, hopefully Craig's uncle has make, is making the right. I mean, saying that, that being said, there's not much difference between Labour and the Conservatives anymore, is there anyway? So, no, there uh, isn't. Especially under Starmer's, Starmer's regime, it's very much that Blairite, that Blairite and, and uh, Gordon Brown in the model of those people. So, there isn't much difference between Labour and Conservatism at the moment at all. No, I, I think they're quite similar. But then you've got people like Jeremy Corbyn who weren't particularly great because they put their foot in it with anti-Semitism. He spoke out against Israel, didn't he? He wasn't anti-Semitic. He spoke out against Israel no. and the oppression of Palestine. But there, there were also um, concerns about his anti-Semitic comments at some stage, mm-hmm. I believe. But then you've got places like Chad and Cameroon and... African countries, would you say Zimbabwe is a dicta- was under a dictatorship? It was. I don't think. I don't know about any more. I, I think it might even. Let me just let me just check. Actually, for I can't me. remember. But like, it was called Tanzania, wasn't it? Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. I might have completely misunderstood this, but was um, the bloke who died recently? Not recently. A couple yes, of years you ago. are right. No, you are right. Robert Robert Mugabe. Yeah, you are Robert absolutely Mugabe, right. Robert Mugabe. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Mugabe, sorry, Mugabe. Mugabe, yeah, you are absolutely right. Yeah, I thought it was. But then you've got Nelson Mandela. I mean, mm-hmm. was he a dictator or was he just a good person? I don't know. I don't know because I can't remember whether he well, did. Man, yeah, well, well, the thing is, with Nelson Mandela, to, to certain people he was a terrorist, wasn't it? To certain people he was a freedom fighter. And I think that's mm. kind of the... The argument that comes up with a lot of these people. I mean, you know, if you look at if you look at Colonel Gaddafi with uh, with Libya, he very much liberated the the Libyan people and then and then turned on them. If that made that makes any sense. So I think it's quite similar with Nelson Mandela as well, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I just think I don't understand what people get out of being dictators, other than power. And really, wh- why why are they so obsessed with controlling other people? And why, why should mm. we be obsessed with controlling other people? Why can we not just be a cohesive community that accepts everybody and loves everybody and um, appreciates diversity? And maybe that's my naivety. I don't know. No, the well, it is, isn't it? I suppose. I suppose it's our, that's our privileges. I mean, obviously, I say we're not too under dictatorship. But we sort of are. But what what I mean is, though, I suppose that we're in a Western country and we're both two white males. So I suppose there's something about us being um, more privileged than others, isn't there, Craig? So maybe we are naive. Oh yeah, yeah. When I said we are under a dictatorship, I didn't mean us per se. I just meant we, as in no, no. I know, I know the world, kind of. No, I know what you're saying. I know what, yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, 
Well, we, I suppose that's what that could lead on to the next question, though, Craig, I suppose, is about, about why are we drawn to dictators? So I suppose you said about, like, why, you know, why do dictators treat us that way? What, you know, why are we drawn to them, I suppose? I suppose. Do, do you want to kind of read that out? Yeah. Uh, so dictators keep their powers through a charade of cleverly drawn policies, parades and censorship. This allows the subjects to view them in a light that is glorified providing them with an illusion of a messiah. And that was from Dakota 2020. And that book was called The Cult of Personality in the 20th Century. Um, And dictators are charismatic and they regularly tap into insecurities held by the general population. And I that was can, a Callum quote, by the way. I can now understand that. I can now understand it a little bit better why they think they can do whatever they like because they feel like they've got mm-hmm. a hold and a control over the psychology of the people. And that so is it's psychology's power, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I don't think people actually realize that. They think that psychology and sociology are just random bits of piece bits and pieces of things but really it is power isn't it i suppose definitely i suppose i suppose if you think about it in terms of you know when we talked about why they behave that way i suppose the fear for them is having that power taken away from them isn't it mm. what what do they gain other than notoriety but well social I suppose notoriety, social standing, self-gratification. I mean, look at Saddam Hussein, you know, the, the vanity of him. Each birthday, he would grant his people with another statue of himself. Do you know what I mean? Um, I suppose it's that 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 ideology of, you know, of um, of narcissism, I suppose, is probably, is probably the right word. And, you know, there's also that all the, the other things of torture, you know, people like Saddam Hussein, Kim Jong-un, you know, um, Stalin, enjoying torturing people as well. There's some sadism in there as well, isn't there, about, you know, about keeping people under oppression and fear as well. Mm. It's terrifying, really. Mm. And I suppose finally, Craig, kind of moving on, how, you know, do you want to read out how, how dictators come to power? Yeah, so we've got things like propaganda, the idea of spreading false beliefs, i.e. false class consciousness, um, which is Mussolini's fascism. And we've got things like uh, segregation in North Korea under Kim the Kim dynasty, spreading the idea of false propaganda surrounding the war between North Korea, South Korea and the USA, Um, and also revolution and overthrowing governments when a political party uh, is forcibly taking government. (laughs) When when, when they forcibly take over a government. Yes. Yeah, we we can see that is, we can see that's quite challenging and quite difficult for the people that are experiencing it. Um, and that actually comes to the point of mental health from the dictatorship. The idea of megalomania stems from their own experiences within their family and the idea of place and birth during their childhood. So however one is raised, one is taught to believe that they are the centre of the universe, I suppose, in a megalomaniac. Well, there's that. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose there's another side of it, though, Craig, where if a person has been felt to feel powerless throughout their lives, like Adolf Hitler was, like Mussolini was, they go the other way, don't they? Yeah, it does. But then interested in the mental health of those who were under the dictatorship and how yeah. they can be made better. But I don't know if absolutely. it can. 
Well, I think it, I think it absolutely can. I mean, there, there is. I, I did forget to put it on that just before we start on that little bit. I just want to point out that was bought to us by Cooler and Heather Shaw. That was in 2017, and that their book is called Dictators Without Borders: Power and Money in Central Asia. Um, and I think I think I think Craig, people can absolutely be de. I suppose you call it deinstitutionalized um, from their from their dictatorship. It's not easy, by the way. It certainly mm. certainly isn't easy. But I think with the right, um, obviously, first you've got to escape from it with the right therapy with the right um re reintegration into it into and i i use this word in, in inverted commas into a normal society there, there is that that power for, for 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 improvement in health i imagine again a bit like trauma that that trauma will never leave people um, mm-hmm. but it's about how how we um, then move on with the rest of our lives isn't it especially because the ironic thing as well is that a lot of people will never have met this dictator yet they have put so much harm on them as well isn't it Mm. And it really gets to me that they don't actually think about the little people that are there, mm. the, the people that are working, the people that are trying to live their lives. And it is a bit beyond me how the dictators that we've listed can think of human life as expendable. And it just it bothers me severely. It's a means to an end, isn't it? It's a means to an end of their own regime. I mean, Papa Doc even just used him as an example. People called him Papa because he was almost like the father of Haiti. People saw him as a dad. Mm. So can you imagine imagine the conflict surrounding that? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that would have caused a severe amount of trauma and a lot of attachment issues around attachment. Yeah. I really do believe that is um problematic, really. So yeah, I think you bring a really interesting topic to the table, Callum, and I'm really sorry that I wasn't able to contribute as much as I would know. No, you are absolutely fine, Craig. You've done no, you've done absolutely great, Craig, and I'm quite excited to see what the listeners. I don't know if it was as long as we usually do, but I think we, you know this this episode was kind of thrust upon us, so um, yeah, we didn't have as much time to kind of research it. We had sense. an initial plan, and it didn't go to plan. <laughs> That's right. But for, for a limited time period, I think we did okay what we whipped up, didn't we? Yeah, we did absolutely fine. Um, and if you are currently out there under a dictatorship listening to this, we hear you. We understand your plights and please reach out if you need support. And again, those in Palestine at the moment, we support you. You are. With, well, our thoughts are with you, and uh, we will be dedicating this episode to the people of Palestine as well. We'll put that in the description uh, as well, and we'll put some um, humanitarian relief link, links on there as well, um, if we can find some as well, and, and for the people who've, who've obviously been under oppression as well. Uh, and our hearts go out to India as well. By the way, I know they're under a real strain at the moment. You know, I don't mean that with a pun. I mean that literally. You know, with with, with COVID, and obviously the, the current president there is, and uh, the the prime minister are both horrendous. So mm-hmm. I am so sorry uh, to our Indian brothers and sisters that you're going through that and our thoughts are with you as well absolutely i think it it was a really interesting episode i learned a lot but i can't help but think it's a very somber episode really in in light of things yeah absolutely um, i think i suppose i suppose in a weird way it's almost like fate we've done this one with palestine happening as well isn't it In in a weird kind of weird kind of way yeah yeah but I, I definitely feel heavy-hearted at the end of the episode, really, because mm-hmm. it's still going on, and we can't help really, but do what we can. And speaking sure. out, we are bringing attention to the fact that dictators are still in existence, I suppose. So, 
and that people under their regime matter. They do. They do. And with that, we'll finish the episode. Goodbye, everybody. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.